Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Oh, how do you think the election in Georgia would have played out? Or how do you think the election in Georgia next year will play out if the Republican Party is successful in throwing 364,000 Georgia voters, largely people of color, off the voting rolls? You know, sort of a reprise or a replay of what they did back when Stacey Abrams was on the ballot against Brian Kemp and he was Secretary of State and he pulled a whole pile of people off the voting rolls. Well, they're up to their old tricks again, and our buddy Greg Pallast is all over it. The investigative journalist, his latest book, How Trump Stole 2020, gregpallast.com, his website, and Greg underscore Pallast, his Twitter handle. And I will be pushing this out, this article that Greg wrote, and this video clip that you're about to see to uh, all of our readers for the Tom Hartman newsletter and, and hartmanreport.com. Greg, welcome back. Tell us about this video that Nate is going to play here in just a moment. What is okay. this? Where did it come from? Give it, set it up. <laughs> Get ready for insane. We have a Republican operatives, 88 of them in Georgia, who have challenged, are you ready for this, 364,000 voters saying that their votes, when they mail them in or they show up to vote, can't be counted. I kid you not. This is a list that these Georgia Republicans have gotten from a group out of Texas named True the Vote. They are saying that these people, a third of a million voters, are felon voters voting illegally from out of their counties. Well, we called hundreds of them. The, the Palace Fund investigators called hundreds of these voters. We spoke to them. They said, here I am. I'm in Cobb County. I'm in Fulton, whatever. We haven't moved anywhere. And we're not felons. They're not felon voters. They're just people. For example, we had a woman, Tamara Horn, who you'll see. She lost her job, had to move out of her home, lost her home, moved in with her relatives down the street. She's still in Cobb County, a suburb of Atlanta. But she was challenged by the woman that's Marjorie Taylor Greene's candidate for vice chair of the Republican Party of Georgia. She'll probably win. She's a GOP official. She personally, are you ready for this, Tom? She personally challenged 32,000 voters saying that she personally had knowledge that these voters were illegal. 32,000. And under the new Georgia law, SB 202, their ballots cannot count unless they go into the county offices, prove they are who they are, they live where they live. 
It's a very nice, Wait a minute. It's a really so nice all, Jim Crow operation. As of now, this isn't a possible law. This is a law that's no. already passed. And under this law, all 32,000 of the people that this woman, who we're going to see in just a second, challenged, will not have their votes count unless they show up in person after the election at the Secretary of State's office and say, hey, I'm really me. Is that well, am they I understanding go in now correctly? If they want to take off a, a day of work, if they even find out that they've been challenged. Most of the people that we spoke to, in fact, everyone we spoke to said, I didn't know I was going to have my ballot thrown out. I spoke to Guy Storm oh Saul. I mean, he's like livid. Uh, these are legal voters, but the GOP is running this campaign again. This is under the new law passed in March, SB 202. And I got to tell you, True the Vote out of Texas, which is backed by billionaire Bradley family out of Milwaukee, they aren't going to be satisfied with bending the election in, in uh, Georgia. They're going to take this to Wisconsin, Texas, North Carolina, and beyond. Michigan, Pennsylvania. Works. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Okay, so let's, as they say in the television business let's, uh, and radio business, let's roll the tape. Here is, here is Greg Palast down in Florida with, uh, what's her name again? With her name is Pam Reardon of Georgia. She is a GOP official in Cobb County, which is Atlanta suburb. Okay, here we go. Marietta, Georgia. We're about to meet with a GOP official who says that she has personal knowledge that 32,000 people are voting illegally in this county. So my name is Pamela Reardon. I am currently 6th District Committee Woman to the State Party. I know for sure voters do not live here. Altogether, Reardon and her cronies are challenging 364,000 citizens' right to vote. This year, Georgia's GOP-controlled legislature passed a new law saying you can challenge an unlimited number of voters. Do you know this woman? That, do, you, do you recognize that woman? Um, not offhand. I don't... Okay, you never spoke to her? No, no. What, what about this guy and his wife on his honeymoon? Do you recognize that man? No. So you didn't call him, but you challenged his right to vote or have his ballot challenged. Sir, get out of my house. Okay, I will get, get out, out of your house. ACLU of Georgia Attorney Rahul Garabadu. The challenge statute doesn't, didn't ever contemplate someone coming to town and challenging hundreds of thousands of voters at one time. Um, this, in our view, was an abuse of that statute. That doesn't mean that you get to print out reams and reams of Excel spreadsheets and just, you know, levy a charge against thousands of people that you don't even know and get them, you know, removed off the rolls. The 1871 Ku Klux Klan Act makes voter intimidation a crime. Imagine using the Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871. Here is NAACP lawyer Gerald A. Griggs. You know, it, it gets real when you get arrested. It gets real real. You've heard of the Ku Klux Klan law of 1871. I'm from Canada. So you don't know the Ku Klux Klan law. I'm from Canada. You clearly don't know Georgia law. I, He's a legal voter. I got voter. my right to vote in 94. So I don't like people voting illegally. Get out of my house now. I shall get out of your house Before now. Before I throw you and, and you are sure that this is your legal voting address? You are Georgia divided down the middle, and this civil war ain't over. This is Greg Palace in Georgia reporting. That's mind-boggling, Greg. So, uh, which raises the question, if all I have to do to prevent 
a legal Georgia voters vote from being counted or to force them to do two steps. Number one, go in and vote, and then a few days later go show up at the uh, county recorder's office or the, the secretary of state's office and prove that they're uh, a, quote, legal voter. If that's all I have to do, and you can do that in batches of, of in the case of this woman, over 30,000, and in the case of this whole group of Republicans, 364,000 Georgia voters, if that's all it takes, why don't we compile a list of registered Republicans in Georgia and challenge their votes? Because it's against the law, Tom. It's the, it's the Ku Klux Klan of 1871. The NAACP was really freaked out, and so was the ACLU when I said that this, that this was happening. They thought they'd killed it off, by the way, in December. But now it's back under the new law, under SB 202. You go to jail for this. In fact, that's one of the things I asked this woman. I said, you understand, under Ku Klux Klan law, you can go to jail, you can be sued. No, it's Democrats, I think, don't do it because it's against the law. You go to jail if the law is enforced. Right, um, but do you think Brian Kemp is going to enforce that law against, uh, you know, against a Republican state official? Okay, it's not going to happen in Georgia. It's got to be the feds. Uh, um, Merrick Garland has now said he's going to begin prosecuting these cases. Uh, now that the ACLU and NAACP have been informed, they are very upset. You watch for action being taken, but more important, we have to expose this. And, uh, by the way, I'll be on Brian Ross Investigates tonight to go further into this. But let me tell on you. On MSNBC. Yeah, uh, and uh, on the NBC stream. And what we have to do is we have to bust this thing right now. True the Vote is an organization out of Texas which came up with these bogus lists. And I'm very concerned that it will not only be Georgia, but it will, it will spread to the rest of the country. Uh, but it's very important that we begin prosecuting people for willy-nilly, taking a third of a million people and telling them, you aren't who you are. This woman admitted that she never spoke to a single, not one single person that she challenged. The Georgia head of the Cobb County GOP, 16,000 more voters in just that county. They're upset that it went for Biden. So how is, how is True the Vote coming up with this list of 364,000 Georgian voters that should be purged? Are they doing what what Jeb Bush did back in the 2000 election in Florida. I mean, this is a story that you broke for the BBC in 2000, for God's sake, where you went in and discovered that he had thrown, what, 80,000, 90,000 African-Americans off the voting rolls just weeks before the election so that his brother could steal it with a 536-vote margin? Exactly. But this is the Florida game, which was very effective. People don't understand that the real impediment to voting is stopping is erasing people's registration. And in this case, it goes further. It says even if you've mailed in your ballot, even if you show up to vote, your ballot can't be counted. And uh, this is devastating uh, if, if this goes through. Now, again, this is a, yeah, it's the purge game that was played by Jeb Bush that was played in Ohio in 2004. And of course, I exposed this in 2018 when the race was stolen by Brian Kemp against Stacey Abrams. This is now, but what's weird, what's horrible about this, this is privatizing the purge list system. Even the state of Georgia has just announced it's removing 102,000 voters. Now, I know that, that list is phony as a $3 bill, but this is three times the state list. A private organization saying, you can't vote. It, right. It's just unbelievable. So, so are, are they yeah. pulling these, are they pulling like a list of Texas felons and comparing it with the Georgia voter list? Is that how they're coming well, up with these names? They're 
claiming that they got postal change of address information from the post office. But just so you know, we checked with the experts at the post office. And they said, no way. This is, this is ridiculous. And as you know, some people, just if you move down the street, if you move within your county, you don't lose your vote. If you had a temporary change of address due to COVID, you don't lose your vote. But most of these are just, uh, it, it's an error uh, by the... Um, you know, it's just wrong. I don't think um, this is an error, Greg. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, when I say an error, this is a look, scam. it's a very convenient error removing a lot of black people, a lot of low-income right. people, a lot of quick, people of quick color question the color for you, blue. Because we're going to hit a break here in a second. But um, uh, last night on MSNBC, one of the shows, I don't recall if it was Chris Hayes or Rachel Maddow, um, kind of debunked the fact, the, the uh, notion that John Kerry actually won in 2004 and George W. Bush lost and that Ohio was the linchpin state. My recollection was that the objection to Ken Blackwell, the Secretary of State, who is African-American, strangely right. enough, was that he threw a whole bunch of black people off the voting rolls just before the election, and that was one of the ways that he rigged the election. Am I remembering that correctly? That's correctly. I did an article, an investigation. For the Guardian asked me to investigate. What we found out is that there was a mass purge of voters, which I have uh, then described in Rolling Stone. But I also found that there was a what we call spoilage of votes, discounting people's ballots. And this this challenge that's happening will go in that pile called the spoiled votes. You don't spoil votes by leaving them out of the fridge. It's by someone challenging a vote. And we never talk about that. Um, about three million votes are simply not counted, not counted in each presidential election because of these challenges. This is going to be accelerated by this right-wing group. Right, and that's just the margin that the Republicans need. If they can just slice off a few thousand Democrats here and a few thousand there, then they can win elections. It's mind-boggling. Well, Greg Palace. in trouble. There you go. GregPalace.com. Greg underscore Palace on Twitter. Check it out. Greg, thanks for dropping by. It's always great talking with you, my friend. You're welcome, Tom. This is the Tom Hartman Program. The For the People Act, also known as Senate Bill 1, SB 1, or House Resolution 1, HR 1, the Republicans say, nope, no way. I mean, Mitch McConnell's come right out and said that this is a partisan power grab to let everybody vote. You can't let everybody vote. As Paul Weyrick famously said, back in 1980, this is Paul Weyrick. Have what I call the goo goo. He co founded the Heritage Foundation, by the way. They want everybody to vote. I don't want everybody to vote. Elections are not won by a majority of people. They never have been from the beginning of our country, and they are not now. As a matter of fact, our leverage in the elections quite candidly goes up as the voting populace goes down. So that was uh, a church basement in Dallas with a Christian group working on the Reagan campaign. And that was uh, Paul Weyrich, co-founder of the Heritage Foundation and one of the senior guys running the Reagan campaign, talking about how now, starting here in 1980, the official position of the Republican Party is that we don't want people to vote. And they've been working on this for 41 years now. The For the People Act, which guarantees a national right to vote, essentially. And also, uh, probably the part that both Joe Manchin and the Republicans object to the most is it says that when billionaires pour money down the throats of politicians, that has to be revealed to the people. Oh my God, transparency? Are you kidding me? And this then, as on the indivisible mailing list, indivisible.org, and got their email today and they said, this presents an opportunity for us. 
because at the end of this week, the Senate is going to go on recess until we'll see. I mean, you know, I'm personally of the opinion that they shouldn't go on recess for very long at all. But this is presumably, you know, this two week Fourth of July recess. Back when Mitch McConnell was running the Senate while Barack Obama was president, he blew off the recesses just so he could jam more judges down the throats of Americans. So here's where you come in. And that is during the next two weeks when the senators are back in their home districts, this is the one thing they live in fear of more than anything else. And it's the one thing that can change their behavior. You need to get, I was going to say in their face, but I don't mean this like aggressively. I mean, you know, you need to make them know or help them know what you, you know, what your thoughts are on this, shall we say. Typically, Republicans don't do town halls when they go home. And they're more and more not doing them. This started, this is a trend that really started in a big way with the Bush-Cheney administration when the war in Iraq became unpopular. And they just, you know, Republicans just stopped doing town halls. But if they're doing town halls, show up. Get on the mailing list for your two senators. Just, you know, you can typically sign up at their website. It's their name. Here in Oregon, I've got Wyden and Merkley, so it'd be wyden.senate.gov or merkley.senate.gov. Go to their website and sign up or check out their campaign website, which may also tell you that. For that, you'd have to like Google Merkley for Congress and, you know, that'll find it for you. And let's be citizen lobbyists here over the next couple of weeks and try to push this through. I think it's a big deal. The other issue that I wanted to share with you today is this problem that we have in America of fake news. And it's not just fake news. I mean, we've got fake news sites like Fox News and and now we have three right-wing television networks that specialize in uh, propaganda and disinformation and lies. You've got literally thousands of right-wing websites. If you look at, Judd Legum has a great piece on this today over at popular.info. If you look at the top sites that appear as news, in quotes, on Facebook, they're all right-wing websites. You get down to like number six or seven and you hit The Guardian. But the vast majority of it is a handful of right-wing websites, you know, the traffic and disinformation. So how do we deal with this? People are calling for a return of the Fairness Doctrine, but the Fairness Doctrine only required equal time when the person who was speaking was either the owner or the management of a radio or television station or network. And they pretty much don't speak anymore anyway. They just hire people to speak on their networks. And the Fairness Doctrine never regulated what was on the radio station or the television station, unless it was the voice of the management. So that won't do it. One thing that I've suggested over the years is reversing the 1996 Telecommunications Act provisions that blew up or ended the local ownership requirements for newspapers, radio stations, and television stations. That's something that I think would have some impact. There's still this massive disinformation problem. And we really don't want a federal agency. We don't want a government agency to be deciding what's news and what's not and giving a seal of approval or even blocking or censoring stuff that they say, oh, that's, that's propaganda from, you know, Kyrgyzstan or something. You know, it's a, no, we don't want that. Why don't we want that? Well, in particular, we don't want that because the next Republican president is probably going to be another Donald Trump. It'll probably be Rick Scott or Tom Cotton. You know, these guys are neo-fascists. They openly embrace anti-democratic ideas. And so they would use an agency like that to, for example, throw this program off the air. So we don't want that. 
So what do we do? Well, Denmark has come up with a solution, and it's pretty amazing. Uh, the Brits just instituted this 18 months ago. They're doing it in Great Britain. Other European countries are looking at it very seriously. And we need to be looking at this really seriously here in the United States. What they've done, this is, uh, they, they've, they've put together a program to teach media literacy. First graders in Finland. Now, this, this goes literally from kindergarten to, uh, to dramas on television that old folks watch. Finnish first graders are, quote, guided in finding information from different sources and communicating it and considering the fact that each text has its author and its purpose. In other words, they learn how to spot hidden agendas. First graders. By the fifth grade, students learn to, quote, analyze fiction, nonfiction, and argumentation, what we might call debate here, and recognize the difference between them. So you can tell, is this a news piece or an opinion piece? And by seventh grade, this media literacy is integrated into coursework on writing, rhetoric, and debate. Argumentation, they call it. In fact, the chief communication officer for the Finnish prime minister said, the first line of defense against fake news is the kindergarten teacher. Miko Hartikainen of the Finnish National Agency for Education said the program is designed to create, quote, constructive interaction as a way to strengthen democratic participation and prevent hate speech and violent radicalism. The Finns did this because they were being overwhelmed with trolls from non-democratic countries, principally Russia, but other trolls as well. They were being overwhelmed by trolls on a couple of different occasions. You know, the first wave was trolls, this was when Finland was taking in refugees from Syria, and it was trolls saying, they're gonna destroy our Christian heritage, they're gonna pollute our gene pool. The second wave was tied into the whole Brexit campaign, and uh, time to blow up the European Union, we don't need the European Union anymore. And then the third wave came, and uh, you know, again, uh, largely Russian trolls, trashing the NATO alliance. Of course, NATO was put into place to hold back the Soviet Union. So Finland has jumped into this, and now it has spread from their schools, this, uh, this whole idea of media literacy. They openly discuss these things now on their news programs. Well, this is a clear attempt at propaganda coming from so-and-so. And it's finding its way into the Finnish version of soap operas and, and cop shows. I mean, it's like it is now this idea of being able to spot propaganda has become the thing that Finns are like proud of. We can do that here in the United States. This is not rocket science. I mean, we're still laboring under the problem of Bill Bennett blowing up civics education in the United States. So we've got two generations of Americans who don't even know how government works. But Education Secretary Miguel Cardona should put this at the top of his agenda. We need to start educating Americans about how to spot propaganda. This is the Tom Hartman Program. And if you want the whole deep dive complete with the links, it's, it's at the top of HartmanReport.com right now. So Gretchen Whitmer, talking about pushing back, I mean, this is how media literacy works, right? These are the things that the media should be saying. These are the things that we should be saying, you know, even on our TV shows and our dramas, the way that they're doing it in Denmark. Gretchen Whitmer, the Democratic governor of the state of Michigan, on a national TV appearance, 
And she was asked, what's your opinion of the Republican Party in Michigan, given that GOP chair, Michigan Republican chair Ron Weiser said in March that she, the Governor Whitmer, and fellow Democrats, uh, Attorney General Dana Nessel and Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson were, quote, witches ready for the burning at the stake. The three women who are the, uh, among the four senior most officials in the state. Or that the Michigan co-chair of the Republican Party, Michonne Maddock, organized bus trips to D.C. for the rally and attack on the Capitol and spoke at a, at a rally at the Capitol on January 6th. Or that, you know, the number two person in the Michigan Republican Party said that Michigan should secede from the United States Brexit style. So what do you think, Governor Whitmer, about your Republican Party here in Michigan? And her response, the GOP in Michigan, this GOP in Michigan right now has really bought into kind of uh, the fringe. It's harder and harder for moderate Republicans to call the GOP home. Gee, you think? It is getting strange. It is getting very strange. Tom Hartman here with you. Don't know if you've seen this ad, Dr. Chris Jones. He's a physicist, a nuclear engineer, and an urban planner. He's got a PhD. He's also a pastor. And he has announced that he is going to be running against what in all probability will be Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I mean, these are primary announcements, but he's probably going to be the Democratic Party's nominee. And Sarah Huckabee Sanders is probably going to be the Republican Party's nominee. This guy's got a resume to just blow you away. It reminds me of uh, the woman who ran against Mitch McConnell, Amy McGrath, up in Kentucky. And I still think something skeezy went on with that election because she was polling way ahead of Mitch McConnell right up to the election. Amy McGrath had this, you know, she was a fighter pilot and she was this and that and the other thing. And she was, you know, just tough as nails and, and all Kentucky and didn't work out. So whether this will work out for Chris Jones, I don't know. The other thing is if he is elected the governor of Arkansas, he will be the first statewide black elected official ever in Arkansas. That's some pretty shocking numbers. By the way, his wife, Dr. Geraldine Jones, is not only an army vet, she's an ER doc, and she's the medical director of Arkansas's Department of Health Preparedness. Sarah Huckabee Sanders has been endorsed by Donald Trump. The state of Arkansas has never elected an African-American to a statewide office. The state of Arkansas has never elected an African-American to the United States Senate. And the state of Arkansas has never elected an African-American to the House of Representatives. And uh, so this, this could be historic. He's, there's a two and a half minute ad up. I was showing it to uh, Sean and Nate yesterday. It's just, it's one of those ads that just kind of fills you with pride that this is America, that any of us can accomplish so much in this country and do so well and then run for governor. You know, a, a nuclear physicist running for governor. Incredible. So, anyhow, Omar in Herndon, Virginia. Hey, Omar, what's on your mind today? HR1 is really vital. The Democrats must make sure that this bill passed because it's going to affect them in 2022 to basically take back the House and the Senate. And Chuck Schumer needs to put a game plan together. This should be the hill that they die on. What is 
Joe Manchin, why is he doing all this? You know, what, what? Joe Manchin and a number of other Democrats are members of this group that uh, Joe Lieberman and some right-wing hedge fund billionaires started back a decade or so ago called No Labels. And No Labels is basically a front group for really, really rich people in the cleaner industries. You've got other groups that, in some cases, some Democrats are members of that are front groups for dirty industries. But in this case, it's basically a front group for private equity, banks, hedge funds, and insurance companies, And which is why Joe Lieberman started it. He was the one who, who denied us. It was his single vote that prevented us from having a public option in Obamacare, you'll recall. And that's because he represented Connecticut, and Connecticut is the home of a lot of insurance companies. So, you know, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema are both no-labels members. We had Lee Fong on yesterday, released over at theintercept.com, released the audio of this uh, Zoom call, this hour-long Zoom call, where Joe Manchin was laying out for the, his billionaire donors at No Labels exactly what he was willing to do and begging them to help get a January 6th commission passed, because if 10 Republicans would go along with that, that would deflate the movement to overcome the filibuster. In other words, he's begging them to help him keep the filibuster in place, because the filibuster, of course, is much beloved by right-wing billionaires and by polluting industries, because then you've got this minority of Republicans who represent only about a third of America in the United States Senate who can successfully block any meaningful legislation that might raise taxes on billionaires, that might put a price on carbon. I mean, it's just simple, straightforward stuff. And they just definitely do not want any of that kind of thing to happen. So that's what's going on, Omar. Hopefully, increasingly, as this all becomes out in the open, some of these folks will start to back away and say, you know, maybe it's not my best interest any longer to be part of no labels. Maybe it's not my best interest anymore to be part of the new Dems. But rather, let's just vote for democracy. Sometimes Louise and I just crave a restaurant-quality dinner at home without doing all the work or driving. Well, Cook Unity is the first chef-to-you service delivering locally sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your door every week. And it appears to be less expensive than other delivery options. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. We just received our first meals from Cook Unity and what a huge difference it is to get the best chefs in the country to bring creative, delicious meals to us and you every week. Every meal is handcrafted by chefs and made in local micro kitchens, not large production facilities. We just had the chipotle maple glazed salmon with green beans and mango pico de gallo. It had everything we love in a meal. They have all sorts of options like vegan, paleo, pescatarian, gluten-free, and more. Menus are posted two weeks in advance so you have plenty of time to choose. Experience chef-quality meals every week delivered right to your door. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using the code Hartman or going to cookunity.com slash Hartman. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital.
That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Bob in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. Hey, Bob, been a while. What's on your mind today? I want to get right to it. The Arkansas governor race you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Sarah Huckabee Sanders versus the Democratic candidate who I think you mentioned the nuclear physicist. Yeah, yeah. His name is Dr. Chris uh, Jones. And the situation here is that really I live pretty close to the Arkansas border, and I'm well tuned into the nature of things around here. Have been all my life. Mm-hmm. Involved politically and so forth and so on. The problem with the situation is, is nobody really likes Sarah Sanders. There's not a significant number of people who care for her. <laughs> she, she's proven herself. I, I don't want to get into that, but uh, well, she lied a lot on behalf of Trump. <laughs> we all know that. I don't want to go there. I, I just. So, do you think she's not going to be the Republican nominee, Bob? Predicting, I can't predict politics, mm-hmm. but I will tell you this: the Democratic candidate, if he's a supporter of nuclear industry this is oh he's not this, or actually well, i don't know that he is he he has a master's degree in physics but he's got a phd in urban planning he doesn't work in the nuclear industry or anything like that in fact if you watch this little two and a half minute bio of him this introduction he tells the story of being a seven or eight year old kid when the challenger disaster happened and watching that spaceship blow up you know the space capsule that that was the moment that he decided science is important, science is cool, science is consequential. These people were willing to give their lives to explore the universe, and I want to be part of that. I want to be part of that exploration. And that's when he decided that he was going to become a nuclear physicist. But no, he's, he's not out there shilling for the nuclear power industry. Well, I wouldn't even say, I, I, you know, I'd, I'd be surprised if he ever does, given who he is, where he comes from, and what positions are. Me too. I'm fairly impressed with what I'm seeing so far. Yeah. Um, Chris Jones is his name. Check it out. There's a great piece over on Daily Coes, by the way, .com right now, has the uh, video if you want to check it out. It's really worth watching. Right. That's good. Pay attention to who is running for political office. That's important. But I want to get back to what I was wanting to say. The what. The what is more important to talk about because that will establish who the who might be in any given election. And the what going on is the nuclear industry very much is undermining a lot of democratic things that could be happening. I understand and and agree. They've got a nuclear power plant in Russellville, Arkansas. And it's a problematic situation in this entire area. Yeah, Bob, you must have a VoIP phone because you just got suddenly very, very muffled, and and so I can't I can't hear you anymore. I'm sorry. Barney in Dallas, Texas. Hey, Barney, what's on your mind today? Can you remember when punch card voting was mainstreamed? What year? I don't know what year. I remember when the machines were rolled out because I was a little kid. That would have been like 56, 57, 58. I think the punch card voting came in the 90s. The big problem with it, of course, was Florida in 2000. Why? My dad had told me that they piloted it in 63 in Dallas County. entirely possible. He said that they got all the cards sequentially in their boxes and they ended up on a hotel dock 
and then union workers dumped the boxes into laundry hampers. And it turned out that the union workers worked for the company that made the old school machines. <laughs> well, I, I assume that, you know, the manufacturer, which I think was in Texas, but I don't know, mm-hmm. of the old school yeah. machines. Yeah. I remember sure in the 60s happened. going down to the uh, MSU computer lab. In fact, a friend of mine tried walking in there with a giant El Nico magnet to see if he could just nuke the core of the computer. But this was when they had, this was in uh, 67 or 68, and they had this computer that filled an entire room. I mean, it's just this massive thing. The way that you would program it is you would do these punch cards. You would type a line of code into a what looked like a giant teletype machine. That would perforate a card with that line of code and then spit that card out. And then you stacked those cards in order and you fed those cards through the card reader. The card reader then read the the code into the core of the computer and then the computer did what it did based on the instructions on the cards. So the punch cards came along with those early computers and that was in the 60s. So it makes sense that whoever was printing those punch cards, because all it takes is a printer with a good die stamping machine that can score those uh, spots where you'd punch the thing through. Those companies that were selling them for the giant computers, it would make perfect sense that they would try to expand their market and sell them for voting as well. But what's bizarre is that in 2000, we were voting on a technology that was developed for computers in the early 1960s. I mean, that should cause us all to be scratching our heads and saying, really, are we state of the art? Oh, yeah, we're definitely not state of the art. Maybe Federal Credit Union is using the voice software from the movie Sneakers today to authenticate. To authenticate your. Oh, really? They're doing yeah, yeah. voice I mean, it's, it's word for word, right out of the movie, Sneakers. Well, that's interesting. How do you get around just playing somebody else's voice from a recording? Well, yeah, exactly. Okay, I get it. Our new password, right? Okay, Barney, thanks a lot for the call. It's nice to hear from you. That was interesting. Didn't know. The whole history of punch card voting, uh, you know, I, I don't know the details. I'm inferring or implying or suggesting or hypothesizing, I guess would be the word, that it probably segued out of the companies that made the punch card devices or printed the punch cards for the for the computers in the 60s. Tom Harmon here with you picking up your phone calls and Peter in Florence, Massachusetts. Hey Peter, what's on your mind today? You know, I've been listening to your program for a long time in the media it's about democratic messaging or lack of you know if you listen to the republicans it's you know they're very good on messaging even though it's lies most of the time yeah and we here we have all these states that are passing these voter laws anti-voter laws and all those states have district attorneys and nobody seems to be chuck schumer uh, nancy pelosi the president Nobody's mentioning that these states have district attorneys, and if there was fraud in this past election, why are they not investigating it and bringing these people? Well, you've got Republican governors. I mean, Brian Kemp in Georgia said, yeah, it was a clean election. The Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger in Georgia, came out and said right in front of the press, yes, you know, we counted all the votes three times. 
and uh, there was no fraud here in, in Georgia and everything's good. I mean, the attorney general in Pennsylvania, Fetterman, I think John Fetterman is his name, as I recall, he's running for the U.S. Senate to replace uh, the retiring Senator Pat Toomey, I think, it, I believe it is. He came out and said, you know, we found two cases of voter fraud, two people in Pennsylvania who voted in the name of their dead parents, and they both voted for uh, Donald Trump. You know, we are hearing from the state officials, the governor of Arizona, you know, Ducey, he's being trashed by Trump because he said, yeah, you know, Trump lost here. But most of these people are Republicans that are making these statements. I think if the Democrats, the leader of the House, the Senate, the president, stay on the same message constantly that yeah. uh, and, and the media as well that you know you have district attorneys prove the fraud and if they can't prove the fraud then there's no fraud it has been demonstrated in 60 plus court cases in multiple recounts that the, the last election was not filled with fraud at least in the states where they're saying it was i'm still curious about kentucky but that's a whole nother conversation dan in altoona pennsylvania hey dan what's up so I wanted to touch base with this uh, Cyber Ninja stuff. Mm -hmm. So let me get this straight. See if I got the right idea here. We have a group of individuals that have no office, have no people to It's not even a group. It, it was apparently just one guy. <laughs> just one monster going down and touching legal ballots. And why? Why is no one arrested yet? Because I'm pretty sure that we would be arrested the next day if we touch the legal ballot. I you know, think so, too. Now, it's, uh, it's possible that because the state legislature passed a, an appropriation, uh, basically a law, authorizing the cyber ninjas to come to Arizona and conduct an audit and paying about a quarter million dollars of the fee. Now, apparently it's, it's cost several million, multiple millions of dollars to do this, and most of it is being paid for by dark money groups, and we have no idea for sure who exactly who's behind this. But this guy is going to walk away a multimillionaire, this guy who's got a post office box in Florida as his business address and no employees. Now that he's in Arizona with state money, he's got a bunch of employees. But, you know, it's a scam. It's, it's remotely possible, to answer your question directly, it's remotely possible that the Justice Department has not intervened because it is legal, because the state said we're going to, you know, make an exception for this. But I, I, I my read of federal law but again, I'm not a lawyer, but my read of this and, and, and a lot of other people's is that this is a felony that these people are committing. It's a felony. And, and, and another thing is that they're, they're going to move up to Pennsylvania next. Uh, we have a couple uh, congressmen from our state that went down to Arizona and they came back and it was all over our local news on Facebook saying that they're, they're pushing for this these cyber ninjas to come into Pennsylvania and take a look at our election. Right. So they're going uh, to so some you know. And it's all being promoted by grifters and con artists. I mean, you know, Rachel Maddow did a great expose last night in her opening segment of this, this woman who is a professional grifter. She's a professional con man and or woman and a person. And, uh, you know, she's the one who came up with this uh, argument that the Trump Justice Department actually pushed down to local prosecutors that Italian intelligence services were manipulating the vote in the United States via satellite. And I mean, it was just a complete fiction made up of fantasy out of nowhere, you know, and and they're basing laws on this. Republicans are basing like laws on this grift, on this con. I feel like, 
I feel like my five-year-old is in charge of the country right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, actually, the people in charge, uh, the Democrats, the House, the Senate, and the White House, are trying to do the best they can, but they still have a bunch of Trump appointees in the Justice Department. You've still got a bunch of Trump people in the FBI. You've still got a bunch of Trump people at the FDA, and I'm convinced that who that's the folks who just approved this uh, Alzheimer's drug that doesn't see, appear to work, uh, but is going to cost Social Security uh, Medicare. It's going to cost Medicare so much it might break the program. You know, it's like a $50,000 drug. Is this the new plan to destroy Medicare? I don't know. You know, I want, I want them to start getting to the bottom of some of this stuff. It's nuts. So there is now secret Trump-affiliated dark money that is running or is paying for anyway this so-called audit down in Arizona. In Arizona we've got this company and I believe it was CNN, it was either CNN or MSNBC, I'm pretty sure it was CNN, actually did a deep dive, you know, who are the cyber ninjas? And so they went to Florida because the cyber ninjas is a Florida company, so they went down to Florida to say well, who are these cyber ninjas who are running this audit, this so-called audit, the frauded, as it's being called, down in Arizona? And they went to the office building where they had a street address, and there's, there's an empty office, completely empty, nobody there. I mean, not even desks, not even phones, nothing. It's just, it's an empty office. And so then they looked at their postal address, you know, where their mail goes, because it doesn't go to the office because there's nobody there. And the postal address turns out to be one of those uh, post office boxes that you rent. Well, who's behind this? Who is pouring, I mean, the hundreds of thousands, the millions of dollars that are necessary to make this thing happen? Who's renting this giant auditorium? Who is paying all these uh, workers? Who paid to take voting machines up to a cabin in Montana, investigate them? Who's behind this? Well, according to OpenSecrets.org, it's some people affiliated with Donald Trump. Now, we're not sure exactly who, because the donors' names have not been disclosed, but they are running them through these 501c4 front groups, these uh, dark money front groups, that are specifically aligned with Donald Trump and the Trump campaign. You know, big surprise, right? They're, they're trying to overturn the election. But this is another reason why we need the For the People Act. Because the For the People Act, the part that probably every Republican and a few Democrats object to the most, is that when some billionaire decides to pour money into a political campaign, whether it's a campaign for a politician or whether it's a campaign for a piece of legislation or whether it's a campaign to so-called audit the vote, that when some billionaire decides to do that, under the For the People Act, their name becomes public. And they are not happy about that. But that's how democracy is supposed to work. We're supposed to have a transparent republic, right? So don't forget to call both your senators today and tell them to blow up the filibuster. You're listening to the Tom Hartman Program. Call 202-808-9925. Because that's what it's going to take. We have to end the filibuster or turn it into something that's manageable. Or, you know, democracy is doomed. (laughs) 
So the policies of Ron DeSantis continue to kill Floridians. This is bizarre. He refuses to have a statewide mask mandate, refuses to have mask mandates in government offices. And so this story by Jamel Lynch uh, over on CNN just went up. Two people are dead and four of their coworkers hospitalized. Now, just imagine, you know, if, if down in Florida, if some guy had walked in off the street and shot two people and, well, had shot six people and two of them had died, it would be national news, right? Or if he had fired a shoulder-fired missile into the side of the building and it killed two people and injured four. Major news. But this was COVID. Apparently, nobody's sure, but apparently the Delta variant has arrived in Florida. The Delta variant is about twice as deadly and about five times as contagious as the original wild COVID and about twice as contagious as the so-called British variant, which I think is called the Alpha variant now. This is the Delta variant, which what was referred to as the Indian variant. It originated in India and it has just left death and destruction in its wake in that country. It's uh, hitting the Philippines right now, and uh, Duterte, Rodrigo Duterte, the president of the Philippines, just issued a proclamation. If you don't get vaccinated, you go to prison. I mean, this is nothing to mess with. And so this variant shows up in this state-owned office building. Two people die, four people are hospital, are in the hospital right now. The only exposed employee who was vaccinated in the whole building. Now, this Again, these are people who are working in the DeSantis administration. They don't believe in science. They don't believe in climate change. They don't believe in vaccines. There was one employee who was vaccinated who was exposed to all these people, who was with all these people who got sick and, and the two who died. And that person did not get sick. That's because vaccines work. What was the DeSantis administration's response to this? Well, you know, the hospitalizations and deaths happened last week. So on Friday, they closed the building. And then yesterday on Monday, they opened the building back up. Hey, it's all good. Come on back. It's all good. No masks necessary. More people will die. And this is just the beginning. This variant is going to rip through red state America like nobody's business. It's already starting here in Oregon in the red counties. We're seeing red county hospitalizations go up and blue county hospitalizations go down. It's just right there. Meanwhile, we are learning that when Donald Trump was president, he was so angry with Alec Baldwin's presentation of him on Saturday Night Live, this is in 2019, that he went to the U.S. Department of Justice and said, find a way to stop them from making fun of me. This is how thin-skinned this guy was. In 2019, he tweeted, It's truly incredible. The shows like Saturday Night Live can spend all their time knocking me over and over without so much as a mention of the other side. Like an advertisement without consequences. Shouldn't the Federal Election Commission and the FCC look into this? Turns out he was serious. I mean, everybody thought, oh yeah, it's Trump blowing off steam in a tweet. No, no, he was serious. And so he ran up the flagpole over at the Department of Justice and they came back and said, sorry, no legal recourse. We have this thing in America called free speech. And so then he said, well, can't something else be done about it? You know, like find some, re you know, are they, these guys tax cheats? Can we put them in prison for that? Is there something we can do to Alec Baldwin? And they were like, well, we'll look into it. We'll get back to you on that. Which is how the people around Donald Trump learned how to handle Donald Trump. Because he has such a short attention span, 
he completely forgot about it until the next time Saturday Night Live made fun of him. And then they were, well, we're still working on it. It is bizarre. I'd call it a crazy alert, except that it actually happened. And it really was the president of the United States trying to punish his political enemies. Something that you would expect to happen in Belarus or in Russia or in Hungary. But here in the United States, really? Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. It's accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Patrick in Santa Monica. Hey, Patrick, what's on your mind today? Hey, everything you're talking about, it sounds, I mean, it makes Trump sound like he's the head of the Gambino crime family and, you know, Mitch McConnell is his lieutenant. Well, that's why they're mm -hmm. probably going to be prosecuting him in New York under the RICO laws. It, it certainly looks yeah. like they're developing a RICO case because he is a mobster. I mean, his, his lawyer was Roy Cohn, who was the lawyer for the Gambino crime family. I mean, you know, he was a head mobster. Exactly. And, exactly. and he, he built his Trump, his Trump Tower with concrete from a mobbed-up mafia family in, in New York. I think the two things that have, he's such a business failure, he's so incompetent at business, you know, whether it's trying to yeah. do steaks or sell water or sell vodka or sell wine or sell college or, I mean, just fill in the blanks, an airline. He's such an incompetent businessman. The only two things that have kept him afloat, in my opinion, from everything I've been able to read, are number one, money and support from the mafia, I mean, literally the mafia in the United States, and number two, money and support from oligarch, foreign oligarchs aligned with Russia or Russian Saudi mafia. Arabia or Israel. The Russian mafia, basically. And the Russian mafia in a big way, yeah. And they own a bunch of his properties, and they've, they've, shove, they've just been shoveling money at him forever. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, most, like most mafiosos, oh, all the judges and all the cops are crooks because they pay him. Yeah. Because because of the people that they pay, the people that they associate with. And, of course, they're all victims. They're just businessmen. They're all victims. They're all being personal attacks. It's, it's straight out of the Godfather. Yep. Yeah. In fact, Louise and I, after watching Michael Cohen on one of the MSNBC shows, uh, this is maybe three weeks ago or so, we are deep in, the, in Henry VIII right now watching the Tudors, which is 
pretty amazing when it comes to discussion of church and state, but that's a whole other issue. We were watching Michael Cohen, and he was talking about how Trump told him that he should model himself after Michael Corleone in The Godfather, you know, <laughs> and, and uh, or, or no, he should model himself after Tom, you know, the, the lawyer, the consigliere. So we pulled up The Godfather, we, you know, we watched the movie when it came out, but that was like 100 years ago. So we watched it again about three weeks ago, and watching that movie, it was like, oh my God, this, without people being killed, this is the Trump family, the Trump crime family. Yeah. I'm with you, Patrick, well said. Thank you very much for the call. Paul in Woodenville, Washington, hey Paul, what's your mind today just all this nonsense with the cyber ninjas in arizona and now what's going on in georgia is again a distraction that has really taken our eye off the ball and i don't hear anybody saying this but the recount i don't care if the cyber ninjas find that every ballot that they've looked at is fraudulent it's irrelevant because the election of november 3rd is not the relevant fact anymore the election of December 14th, the vote of the electors is what is relevant. And that is what Donald Trump tried to stop on November 6th was the certification of the vote of the electors. On January 6th, That was yeah. the constitutional crisis. That was a coup. That was a coup. No, I get that, Paul, but, but, the, but the Electoral College vote is based on what the states say the vote in the states were. And so what you've got now in Georgia, Arizona, Pennsylvania, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, what you've got in all these swing states right now is major concerted efforts by Republicans to pass laws like they did in Georgia that specifically say that if True the Vote or some other right-wing hit squad comes in and says, you, Paul, you are, we're challenging your vote, then you're going to have to drag your ass down to the, the Secretary of State's office and prove that you actually voted. And 99.9% .9 of people won't do that. Not for the last election. No, they don't. Not for the, obviously not for the last now. election. This is all about the next election. Nobody in their right mind thinks that the Arizona so-called recount is going to change the election. Even Trump doesn't say that. His people are all flipped out because day before yesterday on somebody's show, he was talking, or maybe it was a tweet or something, he was talking about how in December he's going to be doing a tour with Bill O'Reilly. And you can buy tickets now for the Donald Trump Bill O'Reilly tour in December. And people were going, wait a minute, that. you're supposed to become president in August. They're all, right. you know. And, and so the fact that he says that he's going to be reinstalled in August means that he thinks that these, or, or that, that he's trying to convey, I don't know what he no, thinks. He has not said it publicly. He's only said it privately. No. Publicly, but, what he's but, saying yeah. is that he's going to be hanging out with Bill O'Reilly in December. That's fine. You know, Bill O'Reilly is so jump the shark. He is so yesterday. I, I, I don't, Bill O'Reilly, just whatever. I know, but, it's, it's um, turning into the old white racist club. Exactly right. Bill O'Reilly, we'll do it live. We'll do it live. All right, we'll do it live. Right. I, 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 who cares? Right. The, but this the is about the next election, Paul. Vote. This is about 2024. This is why, the, the reason that they're engaged in this theater. 2022. Well, they, certainly they want to rig 2022 so they can take back either the House or the Senate or both and right. get some and more I, state houses. But beyond that, the big, yeah. the big prize is going to be installing a fascist like Rick Scott or Tom Cotton or Josh Hawley in the White House in 2024. That's what they're getting ready for. I, I understand that. I understand that. But in the meantime, all this idea that the election was rigged or all these votes were, that they, have, they still haven't come up with any, any evidence that anything was wrong. doesn't matter. They've uh, passed laws now successfully say. in 14 states replicating the Georgia law, and they have, and, and they have uh, bills pending in more than 30 other states right now. Tom, you know, you, know you, you, have to, 
Yeah, I understand that. But you know what? They accepted the fact that it was only the the uh, electoral college's vote that mattered in when they allowed the Supreme Court to install George W. Bush in 2000. See, they'll play by whatever the ends justifies the means, whatever yeah. works for them. And, you know, that's what they need to be reminded of is that there was no fraud. The popular vote simply informs the electors. And it doesn't have to be a perfect count because all it has to do is so that the, it's satisfactory to the electors that, this is the way we should vote. As you know, the electors don't have to vote. They can vote however they want, right? Yeah, and the states can decide or change the rules on how they send electors, and, and yeah. you know, which is another piece of this. What we're watching, Paul, yeah. and I think you and I agree on this, is the rigging of our democracy right out in the yeah. open, right in front of all of us. It is so wrong. Paul, i got to run, but thank you for the call. Mark in Chicago. Hey, Mark. Is this conservative Mark in Chicago? Yes, it is, sir. Hey, what's on your mind today? Well, this goes back to a couple of calls, and you were talking about the media bias. And, Tom, I, I do think it goes both ways, absolutely. I'm not concerned about media bias, Mark. I'm concerned about lies in the media. If I say something wrong, for example, yesterday I had a caller who called in and said that the Catholic Church was making money on retail rental properties, was not paying taxes on it. And, you know, I fact-checked that after I got off the air, and it turns out the Catholic Church does own rental properties, and they do pay taxes on their income. It's called unrelated business income. It's, you know, nonprofits can do that. So I correct that on the air when I say something that is wrong or when somebody else says something that's wrong on my show. But you've got conservative media outlets all over the country right now that are claiming that Donald Trump won an election that he lost by 7 million votes or who are claiming that the, you know, the election was rigged by Italian intelligence services. I mean, there's some weird stuff out there, Mark, on your side, you know, respectfully. You got to do something about this. Well, my comments? Yeah, go um, for it. This is not a lie, but it, in my opinion, Tom, it's just blatant, not reporting what's there. And people are making opinions on this. If, if you go back 10, 12 years, there's video all over of President Obama, Hillary Clinton, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi talking about how the importance of needing a border. I mean, just passionately saying, we need a border. We need some sort of fencing. We need a border. And Tom, now you fast forward. And now if you are a border advocate, now you're, you're a racist. You're xenophobic. No, no. And let I me rephrase that, Mark. We have a border. We have miles and miles, hundreds and hundreds of miles of border wall down there. And a lot of it was built by Democratic presidents as well as Republican presidents over the years. Uh, the difference between saying we need a border and saying, oh, my God, there's an invasion of brown people is a huge difference. If I could respectfully, let's not mince words. I mean, the bottom line is it was very clear that these people were saying we need to stop the invasion. We're a sovereign country. No, they were not using okay. words like invasion and sovereign. They were saying um, that you have to have territorial got, integrity. Well, you want to mince words, not invasion, but we... we but that's the point of it, Mark. Into our country. It's those words well, that um, trigger people. People are, making people are making decisions on these things, Tom. That's my point. Mark, I'm sorry. We're, it's the end of the show. We're flat out of time. But thank you for the call. We'll continue the conversation, no doubt. <laughs> Thanks so much for being with us today. We'll be back tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. In the meantime, don't forget democracy is not a spectator sport. And in particular right now, are we going to blow up the filibuster? Have you called your two senators? 202-224-3121 is the telephone number for the United States Senate switchboard. Give them a call now. Tag your it.
You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. 